Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. No face cam today. I just feel like it takes up way too much time of editing, so I might just do some more audio stuff going forward, but I kind of feel better doing it more audio-wise anyway. I just feel like I'm more comfortable, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, you guys are here for the Giants game. They lost 48-22 to to the Philadelphia Eagles. They dropped to 7-5-1. and Philly goes to 12-1. and and, uh, you know, I figured the Giants were definitely going to be outclassed in this game. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. But just the way this game happened and the way it went was the pretty disappointing part. I don't care what team you are to lose 48 to 22 on your own home turf. It's pretty embarrassing. I mean, even like the Texans gave the Cowboys a very good fight today. So the Giants had no excuse to um, lose by this many points. Lots of mental errors and just mistakes that the Giants cannot overcome. Of course, you know, we, we think of the Devontae Smith touchdown on a fourth and seven, which pretty much told you all you need to know right there about how the Eagles think about the Giants. I mean, to go on a fourth and seven, I would say like they were probably on the Giants 45 or so, like near midfield, and they still went for it on fourth and seven early in the game. So that shows you right there how much the Eagles respected the Giants. I mean, not very much. And they still went for it. And Julian Love, rather than going for like a hit on the receiver, decides to try and go for the interception. It falls in Devontae Smith's hands. And the Eagles went up 14-0 right after that. So yeah, it's just a very bad mixture of a lot of things. And of course, the injuries are hurting this team. But the Giants were definitely outclassed in a lot of ways in this game. And you know, it sucks to lose this game, of course, but just being honest, the most important thing about the Giants right now is the game next week. Even before this game started, we knew that next week's game versus Washington had way more importance attached to it because, you know, if the Giants win next week versus Washington, I think they still have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs, especially with Seattle losing today to Carolina. But if they lose next week to Washington, you're looking at your playoff hopes probably dropping below 50%. And of course, that would be a, a detrimental thing. So hopefully they get it done next week. But there was a game today. We'll talk about it. But I don't want to take too many things away because the Eagles are just on a different level right now than the Giants. I have to be honest. And speaking of the playoffs, I mean, you have some fans that are like, you know, why do you want to make the playoffs? The Giants are just going to get blown out in the playoffs anyway. And like, I think that's the wrong attitude to have. I mean, look, Philly last year is a perfect comparison. Philly Last year, they beat a lot of bad teams. They were like a 9 or maybe 10-win team. I think they were a 9-win team. And they beat all the bad teams. They really didn't have that many impressive wins last season. But Philly still made it to the playoffs. They went to Tampa back when Tampa was actually good. And they got destroyed by the Buccaneers uh, on the road. But it still gave Philly the confidence that, hey, like we are getting there. We're close. And if the Giants make the playoffs this year, at least the young guys, especially on this roster, will have the confidence to say we are close and look at the jump the Eagles made the next year. Now, as I said in the preview video for this game, I am not expecting the Giants to be 12-1 and next year. I don't expect that to kind of start. It would be fantastic, but I still think the Giants are like two years away from being like elite, and it might even be further down the line, maybe like 2025. I do hope that by 2024, at least, the Giants can be in that elite area, but some things, of course, would have to go right, and some things would have to go a bit fast faster than expected. Like if the Giants do have a new quarterback next year, and that probably would be a rookie quarterback, um, you know, rookie quarterbacks do tend to struggle. So there's going to be some rookie mistakes and things like that. So it might not be until year two for that guy, whoever it may be, where the Giants really take off. So, you know, we'll find out what happens in the future, of course, but I, I still like the direction the Giants are going in right now. 
it is a pretty important offseason. We say that just about every year, but the Giants definitely are going to see which direction Joe Shane wants to go in um, this offseason. There's a lot of big decisions to be made with the current quarterback and Daniel Jones. You have the Saquon Barkley contract as well. What do they want to do there? So definitely some things that Joe Shane has to go through in this offseason. But still, for this game today, Daniel Jones, 18 of 27, 169 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. Um, you know, this was the best passing defense in the league, Philly. So I didn't expect Jones to do all that much. And, um, you know, it was a typical game from him pretty much. Nothing that impressed me too much. But, you know, I saw some nice plays. The uh, Jones pass to uh, Isaiah Hodgins for the touchdown was a pretty nice play. He extended it, rolled out to his right, made a nice throw for a touchdown. But, um, you know, outside of that, I don't think Jones was like that fantastic. He did have a rushing touchdown on a quarterback sneak, four rushes for 26 yards. But um, yeah, just your typical Daniel Jones game for the most part. Saquon Barkley, I mean, he, of course, popped up pretty late on the injury report with a neck injury. And um, it was weird. I mean, Saquon last night, Saturday night, was like 50-50 to play in this game, apparently. And Saquon gave it a go. But he really did not really do that much. He didn't play much either. According to ESPN, he only had 20 snaps played in this game. So, of course, that's a very low percentage for Saquon. It doesn't feel accurate. I may have to go back and look at that, but the ESPN article that I was reading said Saquon had 20 snaps, so I don't know. Maybe we fact-checked that, but it doesn't sound right, but he had nine attempts for 28 yards, 3.1 per carry. Almost had a touchdown in this game, but of course, he stopped short, and then Jones took the uh, quarterback sneak. Richie James is like garbage time Jesus. Another garbage time touchdown, seven receptions, 61 yards, one touchdown. Of course, that came in like the last minute of the game, and that was when Tyrod Taylor was in, so it doesn't really make that much of a difference, but if you for some reason had Richie James in your fantasy lineup, I mean, good for you. Darius Slayton didn't do that much today. He had that one long catch in the, I think, third quarter. And uh, didn't really do much outside of that. I mean, he was pretty quiet for the most part. Slayton, during his career, has had pretty successful games versus Philadelphia. So this was one where we were hoping that Darius Slayton would show up, but we didn't really see that many, um, you know, even targets for, for Slayton in this game. The Eagles had seven sacks, and um, it got rough. It really did. I mean, from the first drive of the game, I mean, Andrew Thomas, he got beat off uh, the edge by Josh Sweat. And then... Um, Evan Neal, the next play, basically got spun around by Hassan Reddick, and then he sacked Daniel Jones as well. So the Giants' first drive had two sacks, and you know you can tell right then and there that this might be a rough game for the offensive line. And I think Evan Neal probably had his worst game since that Dallas one on uh, the, the Monday night game in Week 3, I think it was. Or week four, whatever the hell it was. But yeah, I mean, this was not the best game for Evan Neal, but you know, I'm not too concerned. The guy's still a rookie. This was a very tough defensive line. Stuff happens. It is what it is. Um, Daniel Bellinger left the game with a rib injury. He tried to come back, and I think he played a bit, but he eventually had to leave, and Nick Vanette came in. Didn't do that much, but uh, I know Nick Vanette like, used to be a Seahawk, so at least I knew who that guy was. But there, there's some guys out there every week for the Giants where you're like, who the hell is this guy? But yeah, at least Nick Vanette's a familiar name. Um, Tyrod came in, as I mentioned, and the stats looked good, but it's it kind of reminded me, I just made this comparison on Twitter, it reminded me of the time that Jake Fromm came in, I think this was last season, right? It feels like it was five years ago, but yeah, Jake Fromm came in last year, I think against Dallas, and he had that you know pretty impressive drive against prevent defense, and people were like, oh man, Jake Fromm, he might be the guy, and you know, of course, Jake Fromm was terrible, but um, you know, Tyrod's a proven veteran, so I'm not saying he is, he's not Jake Fromm, I get that, but um, 
you know, playing against prevent defense, the Giants were down, I don't know what the score was at that point, like 41 to 15 or 14, some crazy score. Um, obviously, Philly's defense was not really playing that uptight. So Tyrod was able to go down the field. He was like five for five. He had... He actually had the most rushing yards on the team. Tyrod had two carries for 40 yards. He had a nice fourth and like 15 scramble for a first down. So yeah, Tyrod put up good numbers, but it was against a defense that wasn't really trying per se. But um, Tyrod did lose a fumble too. I think his first play in there, he lost a fumble. Um, Matt Parrott was at left tackle. He just got ambushed and he just gave up a sack in a second. So definitely not a good offensive line day for the Giants. We've seen that way too many times in recent years, but this was just not a good performance by them. There was a play with our punter, Jamie Gillen. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it now, but yeah, Jamie Gillen had a a rough moment where he had the punt or he had it in his hands and then the ball fell out of his hands and he kicked the ball off the ground. I, I don't know. It was kind of like a rugby type thing. I know it's not exactly the, the right comparison, but I don't know. We need a new punter next year. I mean, I th I feel like Gillen had a good start to the year, but he has just not been the guy the past like two months or so. So add the punter position to the, um, you know, probably long list of offseason needs for the Giants this year. So defensively, um, it wasn't much better, probably worse, honestly. I mean, just as bad. Um, the Giants allowed 253 rushing yards to Philly. Miles Sanders had an incredible game. He had 17 carries, 144 yards, 8.5 per carry, and two rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, seven carries, 77 yards, a rushing touchdown. And on that touchdown, he was untouched, so it was pretty bad. Boston Scott, who just, I don't know what it is with him and the Giants, he just always, always kicks us in the balls every time Boston Scott six carries 33 yards five and a half per carry one touchdown it pretty much happened in the fourth quarter in garbage time but the Boston Scott touchdown versus the Giants is definitely inevitable we should know that by now he also had a couple of nice kick returns in this one he got down to like the Giants 30 35 yard line on one of them so yeah Boston Scott continues to give this team hell AJ Brown Devontae Smith similar stat lines you know 64 yards and a touchdown for Smith 70 and a touchdown for AJ Brown nobody else for Philly's receiving core did that much I mean their highest receiver was AJ Brown with 70 yards and nobody had more than five catches that was Devontae Smith so yeah I mean they didn't do all that much receiving wise in this game but those guys made some big plays the AJ Brown touchdown to put them up 21 nothing in their early second quarter that was a long catch then you had Devontae Smith on the fourth and seven play which is still embarrassing he you know it should not have happened obviously and um, what's his name? Brett Coleman, who makes really good uh, NFL content, just football content in general. He's one of those guys that actually knows his stuff. He's not just like a fan with a podcast like myself. But, you know, Brett sold uh, he saw that video of Julian Love, like kind of whiffing on that tackle. And he was like, that's a safety right there that's trying to pad his stats on a fourth and long. And I would bench that guy if I were, you know, the Giants coach. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. But the Giants also have no safety depth whatsoever. So you can't really bench Julian Love right now by default. So he stayed in there. And I think Love outside of that play had a pretty good game. But like, that's a huge play that you just cannot have happen. But yeah, that was a 41 yard touchdown. They were on the Giants 41 yard line going for it on fourth and seven. I mean, I know Seriani definitely like will gamble and go for it more than most coaches would, but that was pretty embarrassing. The uh, A.J. Brown touchdown was 33-yarder. It was a first and 10. So, yeah, just like the typical Giants crap that you see on defense lately, it's not been good. I guess there was a positive moment in this game where – like a little before halftime, three minutes to go, the Giants blocked a punt. It was actually Ellerson Smith, who you don't see uh, 
you know, you don't see much from Ellerson Smith. He was like a fourth-round pick a couple years back. This was during the Gettleman and Judge uh, regime, but... It's nice to see that uh, blocked punt there. And then the Giants, they got the ball. Actually, Philly's punter almost made a great play. Like, he recovered his punt, basically, and almost ran for the first down from, like, I forget how far it was. It was, like, 17 yards, 14 yards out from the first down marker. And he was very close to getting it. But the Giants got the ball back in pretty good field position. Isaiah Hodgins had that touchdown. And it gave the Giants, like, some life. It made it a 21-7 to game, so... The Giants around halftime, they had some life, but of course Philly came out in the second half and they're like, we can do whatever we want offensively and you guys are not going to stop it. And that's pretty much how the game went. And that's what sucks. I mean, like Philly literally like could have played this game like at half speed, they probably still would have won the game. Like the talent discrepancy out here is just so much different. And I heard Jihad Ward's interview after the game in the locker room. He was talking about, you know, hey, this is December football. It just comes down to who wants it more. It doesn't matter about, you know, the, the players out there. It's about who wants it more. And I'm like, look, I kind of agree with that. A lot of it comes down to like which team wants it more. But there's also situations where one team is very talented and the other team is not. And the Giants... You know, the Giants are not the least, the most least talented team in football, but like the Eagles are arguably the most talented team in football. So yes, the Giants, despite there being some plays where there were some mental lapses and maybe not the best effort, you look at these teams on paper and you're like, oh yeah, Philly's a lot better. You know what I mean? So I don't care if the Giants had more heart in this game. It, it wasn't probably going to change the outcome of this game. So the Giants right now, they're 0-3-1 in the division this year. Of course, that's not good when it comes to playoff seeding because sometimes when tiebreakers are held, it goes by a division record. So you don't want to see that. And the Giants, of course, if they lose to Washington next week, they have a chance to not get a single win in the division this year. I mean, they they play the Eagles the last week of the season. This would be their last game versus Washington. They played the rest of their division games. So yeah, there's two left, I believe. Next Sunday at Washington, then the uh, last week at Philly. So yeah, the Giants like legitimately have a chance to not win a division game this year, which would really suck. Uh, the Giants right now, at least, they're four-point underdogs against the um, almost said football team commanders um, next Sunday night. So yeah, I mean, look, four points is nothing. I mean, of course, any team can win. And it's not like Washington is like a fantastic team, but at least they are coming off their bye, so that helps. But if you're the Giants, you have to, like, things have to change. I mean, I, I don't even know what it is. I mean, you have to get Saquon healthy first and foremost. And, you know, maybe Saquon should not have been out there today. I don't know. I mean, you can definitely make that argument. I completely get it. If Saquon wasn't even like close to 100%, like, why even risk it? Like, the, the Giants know they have a more important game next week and a game that they are much more realistically going to win as compared to the one they played today. And Saquon did say in the post game that today, or playing today, did not make his neck injury any worse, but you also don't know if that's true or not. You know, Gary Brightwell, he got some run, five carries for 23 yards, 4.6 a carry, Matt Breda, three for six on the ground. Um, Saquon had a nice catch in this game. I think it was like the first or second quarter. He just tiptoed on the right sideline. It was like a 15, 16 yard catch. So, you know, Saquon at maybe a couple plays in this game looked like his usual self, but then there were times where he just looked injured and tired and overworked. So, um, yeah, Saquon has to get right. There's no doubt about it. And the Giants offense, they are a run first team, but they really can't run the ball right now. So it's not really where you want to be. And I do think, look, a lot of this season will come down to like, if the Giants do go on to miss the playoffs, which I guess is a possibility, of course, um, this season will be remembered a lot for like, not what could have been, because I still don't think the Giants would have like won the Super Bowl, obviously. But 
like what's going to be remembered about this season is the off season, not the off season, the bye week accident with Xavier McKinney and the stupid decision to put a Dory Jackson back on punt returns and getting him injured there. I mean, it's going to come down to that. You're going to think about the Xavier McKinney bye week injury and then a Dory Jackson getting hurt when he had no reason being out there in the first place. So those are the things that like you will look back on this season if it does go south or even more south, I should say. Um, that you'll look back on and say, yeah, that was stuff that was pretty avoidable, and it definitely tanked the Giants' season. But we're still here on December 11th. There is still a chance they get into the playoffs. And at this point, I want the playoffs. I mean, there are times, I've said it before in the past, where like the Giants are like a three- or four-win team the last week of the season. And like I don't even care if they lose. Like I prefer to lose just for a better draft pick. I know some people don't like that. But when you're a seven-win team and you still have like four games left and you're right in the playoff race, like I want to win these games. I want to get in there. I want to experience playoff football for the first time since 2016. And it's not like it was 2020 where the Giants were like a six-win team and almost got in because their division was awful. At least if they got in this year, it'd feel like they kind of earned it rather than a couple years ago where they were six and ten and like they got in because, you know, everybody else was terrible. So, um, yeah, I do hope the Giants make it. I just don't know if they will at this point. It will take them winning next week. And, of course, anything could happen there. And, of course, you know, on Twitter and stuff, you, you see the typical, the same arguments every week about the quarterback position. It's something that I try not to get too involved in anymore because I just feel like what's the point? Like I've already said my my points about Daniel Jones too many times. I think Daniel's a, a serviceable quarterback that, you know, I guess you can win with him in the perfect situation, but the Giants are just not close to a perfect situation and just contract wise it doesn't really make sense for him to be back here next year and I do ultimately think the Giants will move in a different direction this offseason uh, I don't know who that's going to be whether it is a veteran quarterback stopgap guy maybe keep Tyrod or just draft a guy I don't know I mean we'll find out but I just don't really expect Jones to be back here next year but you see the same things every single week it's like when the Giants win you have the Daniel Jones stands they'll go like oh he's definitely the guy he's he is carrying a team that has no offensive line, no wide receivers, and he's still winning games. And then when the Giants lose, you hear the same exact people say, well, no quarterback can succeed on this team. And it's like, oh, wait, wait, I see a contradiction there. <laughs> One minute when the Giants are winning, he is carrying the wide receivers, carrying the offensive line, carrying the offense. But when he loses and when the team loses, it's, oh, nobody can succeed here. It's like, which one is it? You know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. Um, I think Jones has, you know, he's definitely looked better than he has the past couple of years. I'll give him that. But I have still not seen enough where I'm sold on giving him a long-term deal. I mean, there were people in October that were saying, give this man an extension. I'm like, let's let's just wait on it. You know what I mean? Like, why rush? Why get into it like that? Um, and I get it. He's a giant. We want him to be good. I get it. But you know, I said this before too. If Daniel Jones was on a different team, like let's say Daniel Jones was the Washington Commanders quarterback, I bet you like 95% of Giants fans would think he sucks. And that's that's kind of the truth. I mean, you look at his career, you know, so far and just all the losing and you know, all the memes and things like that, the, the turnovers in the past, although it's gotten better, um, and just all the negative stats you can look at with Daniel Jones. Like, people are not going to look at that around the league and say, oh, yeah, you can build around that kid. Like, no, it's pretty much only Giants fans that are saying that the Giants should build around Daniel Jones. And at that point, I just don't see the point in doing that. Like, I do think, and I've said this when Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable were hired, they want their own guy eventually. It was going to take Daniel Jones to absolutely blow them away to keep him around here in the future. And I, I think Jones has had a decent year this year, given the circumstances, but he has not done enough to blow them away. He has not. 
And that's pretty much how it is. I think at most, maybe Jones stays another year if he takes like a cheap contract, you know, maybe like, I don't think the Giants will even franchise him, but like if Jones gets no offers elsewhere and the Giants just bring Jones back for another year because there's no better alternatives, I can see that being the case. But even then you have Tyrod Taylor on the contract. You might as well just go with him. So I don't know. I mean, we'll find out what happens in the off season, but it's just annoying that like the same people will never give Daniel Jones any type of blame, even when the Giants lose these games. It's like he he's he's given the credit when they win the games, but he's also exempt from blame when they lose these games. And it's just like that part of it makes no sense. It's like you have an agenda. I sometimes wonder, are, are these people really Giants fans or are they like Daniel Jones fans? Because it's like they will do anything to make Jones look good even if it means calling out the rest of the team. And when you had fans the last four or five years, like just shitting on Evan Ingram every week, you don't call those guys fake fans, right? I mean, like, but when you say something bad about Daniel Jones, all of a sudden you're a hater or a bad fan. But when you say something bad about Evan Ingram or Kenny Galladay, no one cares. Yeah, it's, let's, let's continue to make fun of those guys, right? I mean, who Evan Ingram, by the way, he had like 11 catches, 140 yards, and maybe like two touchdowns today. He was awesome. The Giants sadly can definitely use an Evan Engram type weapon right now, but yeah, that is what it is. And I'm not complaining about that. I think Engram, it was time to move on. It was time for just each party to go their separate ways because it just was not working out here. But Engram's um, talented. I think we all knew that. So to see him succeed, I'm actually kind of happy for the guys. So so anyway, Kayvon Thibodeau, he did have a 19.2% pass rush win rate today. So that was pretty good to see. Uh, that was from PFF. And um, there was the play where Ojalari and Kayvon combined for a sack. I think they probably gave the full sack to Ojalari, but Kayvon was right there as well. And that led to the punt where Ellerson Smith blocked it. So, I mean, yeah, we saw like some decent defensive plays, but for the most part, just way too many open running lanes. And the Giants obviously need some linebacker help very badly. Not having Leonard Williams did not help today. And I feel like this is one of the rare games this year where Dexter Lawrence was not a difference maker. So, when he's not out there being like the most dominant guy on the field, the Giants defense obviously does not look nearly as good. So yeah, it's it sucks and you hate to see your team get embarrassed like this, but that's just kind of the state that the Giants are in right now. They're not a team that was supposed to be competing with, uh, you know, a team that's considered the best team in the football right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it is what it is. I, I wish they competed more because getting blown out like this is pretty embarrassing. But, um, you know, this team, as I said, they're still a year or two away. I'm not freaking out about this. It's about trusting the process, not to, you know, make it sound like the Philadelphia 76ers. But um, there is a process here. There's a plan. And Joe Shane will have to execute that the next couple of years. But as for this year with the whole, you know, cap space restrictions and things like that, having to cut James Bradbury for no reason and a team like Philly getting to pick him up, you know, those type of things um, have to happen because of what Dave Gettleman's done to this team. And I don't mean to bring his name up, but that's kind of the way it is right now. So, all right, so that's going to do it. Uh, next Giants video probably will be the preview for the Washington game, which I'll try to get out by either Thursday or Friday probably the biggest game of the year so uh, i'm excited for of course last game ended in a tie so that's like it just leaves like a sour taste in your mouth like you want to see who actually is going to win this game so as long as there's no tie again we'll get to find that out so yeah if the giants win next week i think we're in a pretty good spot if they lose next week then it might start you know it might be time to think about uh you know vacation plans in January if you're if you're the players but I don't know we'll find out what happens I mean if the Seahawks continue to lose and things like that the Giants might be in a better spot actually before I get out of here I do want to find out um not find out but I did save a tweet before I think Gi Giants Daily tweeted about the upcoming schedules for the teams that the Giants are kind of in um 
contention with here for the last wild card spots. So the Commanders, who are the sixth seed, they face the Giants, they face the Niners, they face the Browns, and they face Dallas. I mean, they have a chance to go like one and three. That's a tough schedule right there. Uh, if they beat the Giants and beat Cleveland, I can see them going two and two. But if the Giants lose anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, the Giants, they face Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philly. So those are some tough games. The Giants might go either one and three, two and two. I could see 0 and four, of course. But um, three and one or four and oh seems pretty out of reach for the Giants. But uh, you never know. Um, Seahawks, they get the Niners, the Chiefs, the Jets, the Rams. The Seahawks have a tough schedule. I think the Seahawks might have the toughest one remaining. San Fran with Purdy at quarterback. They they looked deadly today. Even against Tom Brady, they looked awesome. Um, KC, of course, that's at KC. We know how good they are. And the Jets. I mean, the Jets are still fighting for a playoff spot as well. So they'll be in the mix. Um, And then the Rams. I mean, yeah, they kind of suck. But maybe with Baker Mayfield, they'll be a bit better. And the Lions, who are now 6-7. And, and of course, they beat the Giants this year. So they hold that tiebreaker. They play the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. They have a chance to go 3-1. and So I could definitely see the Lions getting to 9 wins. And if that's the case, the Giants will have to, um, you know, win at least two more games. So it's going to be interesting and it's definitely going to be a fun playoff, you know, race the last four games or so. But as long as the Giants win next week, I like the spot we're in, but it just comes down to next Sunday night. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast video, whatever you want to call it. Leave five stars, leave a like, all that good stuff. And I'll talk to you guys next time.